Wow. What a second half? They had us in the first half, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was gonna be some 13-3 Patriots versus Rams type of shit. But things started to pick up and go into overtime. We'll look how that game ended, and in my opinion, the most preferable outcome for an Eagles fan, as well as explore some Eagles news and rumors. All that and more on this week's episode of 2nd and 15. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 and the first episode of the official NFL offseason. It's your boy, Michael Roscoe, and y'all, this is the beginning of a long offseason. It's always tough at the beginning, but before we know it, it'll be September again, and we'll be going back to tailgates and watching our birds play. At some point, our show will take a bit of a break to prepare for the next football season and the next season of 2nd and 15 as well but I'll update you all with more information on that later down the road. So, while I still have y'all here, let's break down what we'll talk about on this week's episode. We have a small amount of Eagles news and rumors to talk about this week, and then we'll recap the Super Bowl and discuss some thoughts I have about the game and the good old 40 whiners. So let's get things started. Starting off with some news, this first piece of news isn't necessarily Eagles related, but it is important NFL news that I feel the need to report as a shooting took place at the Kansas City Super Bowl rally as around a million people gathered to celebrate the Chiefs win. According to NBC, at least one person was killed and at least 22 others were injured, including several children, with three of the injuries being critical. Three individuals were brought into custody related to the shooting, with witnesses stating that one of the suspects was actually tackled by bystanders in the area. The Chiefs have made statements condemning this horrendous act, while players posting their condolences and prayers on social media. Now, I know mass shootings unfortunately tend to be politicized, despite how awful of an event they are, and I'm not going to get political on the subject, but I just want to offer my condolences and prayers to the victims of this heinous crime, as well as provide praise to the brave individuals, especially Kansas City Police Department, for their swift and heroic actions to prevent additional bloodshed. We'll continue to follow this story as it develops. In Eagles news, the Eagles sign Julian Aquara, an outside linebacker from the Detroit Lions. Aquara played 38 games with 9 starts for the Lions, He was waived prior to the NFC Championship gain and re-signed to the practice squad. However, he was not signed to a future-slash-reserve contract, and the Eagles were able to scoop him up. Now, realistically, depending on how things go, we could easily drop him before the season, or even have him as a camp practice squad type of guy. Depending on how he performs, if he performs very well, he could be a good rotational player on the active roster, but we'll just have to wait and see. A lot of the time between now and the new regular season, a lot of people get picked up and dropped and moved around and all that kind of shit, so it's just a waiting game at that point for this kind of stuff. We'll see a lot of signings and droppings and all that kind of shit. It was previously reported across various news sources that Eagles linebacker Hassan Reddick sought and was granted permission to seek a trade. However, on Tuesday, he cleared the air, stating that he never sought a trade and would like to stay in Philly as I fucking hope he would, but understands that it's all a business, which I can also understand too, but selfishly thinking, 
I'd keep him by the end of his contract and hopefully another extension after that. I think sometimes too many people jump the gun with this type of shit though. Just because someone gains permission to seek a trade doesn't mean that they will always get traded. It's more like the ability to explore the possibility of landing a better contract somewhere else or a more favorable extension of the current contract because, you know, players want to get paid, you know? According to the Eagles Wire, he would love an extension at home. At the same time, he's looking to get paid. He's got one year left of guaranteed money on his two-year deal. Now, there was definitely a regression in his numbers from 2022 to 2023. However, he did spend the first four or five games with a big-ass thumb cast on, and after it was removed, his performance made noticeable improvements. Plus, under the shitty coordination of Desai and Patricia, it's easy to understand how these numbers occurred for Redick this year. If he's able to stay, along with having Vic Fangio as the new defensive coordinator, there's definitely the possibility that Redick has a bounce-back season, putting up numbers near his 2022 campaign. In other news, there were some rumors floating around the old internet, metaverse, whatever, that in addition to Hassan Redick, cornerback James Bradbury was given permission to seek a trade as well. Now, I imagine that this is just some clickbait bullshit since I haven't found anything to confirm that. And here's the reality of the situation. It's going to be too expensive to cut him and I don't see this happening. Now, if there was an easy, cheap way to get rid of him, sure, I'd be open to the idea, especially since he played like burnt toast this past year. But I don't see it happening. The Eagles signed him to a three-year, $38 million deal at the end of the 2022-23 season after an impressive first season as an Eagle. I think we forget that sometimes, that he did play pretty well that season. $20 million of that is guaranteed. Now, I saw some more information on the internet that if he were to be cut post-June 1st, it's estimated that it would cost the Eagles around $4.7 million in 2024, and around $12.5 million in 2025. That just wouldn't play out well for the Eagles. If we're trying to keep other big-name players, such as Hassan Reddick, DeAndre Swift, and Devontae Smith happy and on the team, while also having the ability to pick up big-name dudes in some positions that we really need, such as fucking linebacker and corner, then we need the money. We need the money and... We need to avoid anything that's going to cost us cap space or create dead cap. And going around back to Devontae Smith, I could see the Eagles paying him a big contract for him after his stellar performance since his arrival to Philly. With Bradbury's contract, I believe it would be smart this season to focus on drafting quality secondary players if Bradbury's performance continues to slip. Plus, look around for... Some good draft picks, maybe make some trades. I know Howie Roseman is a bit of a fucking trade wizard sometimes. But we'll look at mock drafts as well as other possible drafting trade scenarios in future episodes. Finally, the Super Bowl was a star-studded night to remember, and even with Taylor Swift making it all the way from Tokyo, Japan to support her mans, I believe it was Jason Kelsey, Philadelphia's own pride and joy, who stole the spotlight. I fucking love this man, dude. He was living his best life before, during, and after the game at that after party, which looked absolutely fucking lit, by the way. Jason was seen rocking the big Yeti Chiefs shirt with some Chiefs overalls to support his brother. However, 
Jason's wife, Kylie, said, I don't give a fuck if Travis is your brother. I refuse to wear anything but Eagles gear as she showed up in some University of Cincinnati gear. An absolute gem of a woman and the Eagles first lady. Jason was spotted having the absolute time of his life after his brother's team ran it back-to-back wins, which I don't blame him considering he wasn't able to celebrate hard last year, you know, since the victory came at the expense of the Eagles, but we're not talking about that. Anyway, I just also want to mention the combination, the most random-ass combination of celebs spotted in photos and videos with Jason, whether he was actually hanging out with them or not, throughout the night. We have Jason Kelsey, obviously. But then you got Taylor Swift, Ice Spice, Marshmallow, Blake Lively, and even Charlie Kirk, the random, like, Fox conservative dude. I don't think he was hanging out with Jason, but he was in the background of one of the photos. Just to name a few, having this absolute random-ass combination of people in the same environment and hanging out together and whatnot was not on my 2024 bingo card. Overall, we still don't know what the future has in store for our center man, Jason Kelsey, but I'm happy to see him enjoying his off-season time. All right, y'all, moving on to the main and final topic of this week's episode, our Super Bowl recap. Now, let me start by saying this, and it might be controversial, but it's just this one time. And that is, thank you, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you for shutting up the 49ers bang bang whiner gain bullshit for the second time in four seasons. Now if you're listening out there and you missed the big game somehow, here's a quick scoring recap. I won't lie, the game started off kind of slow. After a scoreless first quarter, the first points on the board came from a Jake Moody field goal to make it 3-0 49ers. Four and a half minutes to go in the half out of the shotgun, we see a trick play with 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy passing it to wide receiver Jawan Jennings, who passes it himself, turning back Christian McCaffrey for the first touchdown on the game. Niners extend the lead to 10. And y'all know where this is going. Anyway, Harrison Butker for the Chiefs prevents a first half shutout with a field goal for just under 30 seconds left. The half ends 10 to 3. Just over five minutes left in the third quarter, Harrison Bucker cuts the lead to four with another field goal to score 10 to six. With just over two and a half sec or two minutes and 30 seconds left in the quarter on a fourth and two, Chiefs punt it away and the Niners punt returner Ray Ray McLeod muffs the punt after trying to recover the ball after it bounced off the heel of a teammate. He touches it but can't reel it in and the Chiefs recover with excellent field position. This would lead to a passing touchdown from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes to wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. sorry, You know, the guy who dropped what could have been a game winner against us in the regular season. But, you know, that didn't happen, so thank God. Anyway, the Chiefs take the lead 13-10. With under 11.5 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, we see Jawan Jennings for the Niners again, this time on the receiving end of a touchdown. He becomes just the second player in NFL history to have both a passing and receiving touchdown in a Super Bowl. The first? None other than our own Big Dick Nick in Super Bowl 52. Niners kicker Jake Moody goes for the point after, but it's blocked and the score becomes 16-13. And this missed point after would come back to fucking haunt them. 
Both sides exchanged a couple more field goals, including the Harrison Butker field goal with three seconds left in regulation to tie the game for the Chiefs and send it in overtime. After the ref explains the rules of overtime, the Niners win the toss and elect to receive the ball. Despite maintaining possession of the ball for nearly eight minutes, the Niners would have to settle for a field goal. Now the Chiefs have the ball and have the opportunity to win it. They spend seven minutes of their own time torching the Niners' defense and driving the ball down to the field, including a fourth down conversion on the ground from Patrick Mahomes. Three seconds left in the first half of OT, or first regulation or whatever it is, we see Patrick Mahomes pass to wide receiver Mecole Hardman for the touchdown, crushing the Niners' dreams of a Super Bowl victory and the Chiefs win 25-22. Now before I go into my little rant about the outcome of this game, I just want to talk about the comparison of 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy's Super Bowl performance against Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts' 2022-2023 performance, just for shits and giggles. These are the numbers that Brock Purdy put up in Super Bowl 58 against Mahomes. He went 23 for 38 for 255 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and an 89.3 passer rating. He had 12 rushing yards with zero rushing touchdowns. And in other stats, he had zero fumbles and zero two-point conversions. Now let's look at the Jalen Hurts performance from the Super Bowl prior against the same quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts went 27 for 38 for 304 yards, one passing touchdown, zero interceptions, and a 103.4 passer rating. On the ground, Jalen had 70 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. In miscellaneous, he did have one fumble, but he also had one two-point conversion. Now, a lot of people want to talk about Brock Purdy being this fantastic quarterback. Now, I'm not saying he isn't good. I just think in this specific topic of conversation that I'm having right now with y'all, that he had a better Super Bowl performance than Brock Purdy, and I don't want others to think otherwise. However, again, this might be a little controversial, but I think Brock Purdy definitely silenced some haters this year. I think the Brock Purdy story is impressive, and he's a 49er player that I can respect. From being the last pick, pick number 262, Mr. Irrelevant, in the NFL draft, to becoming the Super Bowl runner-up in his first full year as a starter, it's impressive, and I believe Brock has a very bright future. But if you look at it, him and Jalen Hurts are very similar at this current point with their career paths. Just, Just take a listen to this real quick. They both led their teams to the number one seed in the NFC, both won the NFC championship, and both lost by three points to Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl, all within both of their first years as full-time starters. Now, if Brock is going to go down the exact same route as Jalen Hurts, he may perform less than expected in this next season. Will that happen? Unlikely, but obviously we'll have to wait and see what happens. Going into the next season, I believe both quarterbacks will have successful years though. But at the end of the day, you know I'm going to pick Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy all day, every day, and don't you forget it. Alright y'all, buckle the fuck up, because now that I've spoken about that game, it's ranting time. If you haven't been paying attention, the 49ers for over a whole fucking year have been talking so much trash after we beat them in the 2022 season NFC Championship game, 31-7. to The 
the biggest perpetrator being Debo Samuel. They create this rivalry, talk so much trash during the season before, during, and after our regular season game against them, where unfortunately they did beat us 42-19. Now, I will admit, we sucked in that game and in nearly everything else leading to the end of our season. However, the trash talk from the whiners continued. We've been living rent-free in their heads, even going into this year's Super Bowl matchup. When asked about the rivalry on like Media Monday or whatever the fuck it is before the Super Bowl, Debo Samuel says, I consider close games to be rivalries. Bro, you fucking hypocrite. If that's the case, then the rivalry that you and your team created after you got your ass whooped by us shouldn't have been a rivalry in the first place. Anyway, the game goes into overtime after a series of unfortunate events for the Niners, including muffed punts, multiple fumbles, and a missed extra point. They make a bad call to receive the ball in the first in overtime, fail to score a touchdown, settle for a field goal, and then they let Patrick Mahomes do the damn thing and cap the game with an overtime touchdown. And all I gotta say, karma is a fucking bitch. These players, again mainly Debo Samuel, let their egos get to them, kept running their fucking mouths about the Eagles, which encouraged their fans to do the same thing, and look what happened. You blew another 10-point lead against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And then have the nerve to keep complaining and to keep whining, stating y'all didn't know the overtime rules. First of all, if you're playing in the NFL, especially on a powerhouse team like the San Francisco 49ers, you should know the fucking overtime rules. Maybe if you spent less time talking shit about the Eagles and focusing on yourselves, y'all might not be in the situation that you are now. But before I finish this rant, let me, let me bring it down a little bit. Just because I feel this way about the Niners, I don't want anyone to think I'm like some sort of immoral monster and don't want anyone thinking that I do not feel bad for those injured on both the Chiefs and the 49ers during that game. From the 49ers side, from Dre Greenlaw to Debo Samuel to George Kittle, they got hurt. Some of them had the ability to return to the game and some unfortunately did not. I may absolutely despise a team or certain players, but I will never cheer for or be excited about an injury. And no one else should in any fucking circumstances. So I genuinely hope all those players who were injured make a full and speedy recovery. So now my final thoughts about this whole Super Bowl and our beef with the Niners. The Chiefs are a dynasty and not one to fuck with. I think... You know, even as an Eagles fan, I can be biased sometimes, but the reality of it is we are looking at a dynasty team with the Kansas City Chiefs, which, you know, considering we beat them this season, you know, kind of an uplifting moment if you think about it. But Patrick Mahomes is absolutely elite and game recognizes game. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him in the Super Bowl again soon, but maybe this time the outcome works out in our favor. You know, we need a second ring. As for the 49ers, I respect Brock Purdy and a select few other players. But I'm sorry. I'm glad that they lost the game after all of that shit talk. If they learn anything out of this season, it should be this. Keep the Eagles name out your fucking mouth. 
Woof. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little fired up, y'all. But on that note, that does wrap up this week's episode of Second and 15, a Philadelphia Eagles fan podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and haven't caught up with the other episodes, you can check us out on multiple platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching the show name, Second and 15, a Philadelphia Eagles fan podcast. You can also use that name to find us on social media on Facebook and to find us on Instagram. You can search at second and 15. That's 2ndand15. If you have not already, please do not forget to like, rate, share, subscribe to this podcast so we may continue to bring you new episodes each and every single week on Thursdays. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode and continuing to be a supporter of the show. We will see you guys next week on Thursday. Don't forget to stay fly like an eagle and go birds. <laughs>